to tap into it. Because people come up to the federal level and they say, I didn't think it was going to be this easy. Mm. And so I might go down to the state level and say the same thing. I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be this easy. I just right. haven't done it. I mean, I'm in a sweet spot, right? right when you're right. good, you're good. Dang. What's that? 2008. So that's what? Uh, 13 years. Yeah, but game. remember, I didn't get the first one to. For three years. years. <laughs> yeah, so, so about, about 10 years yeah, in the game. Yeah, 10 years. Yeah. So I, I got to ask this question too, man. How did you change from the gas station? Let me get that chapstick. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> to like this extremely successful businessman. What was that transition like? Man. Did it feel like a transition or was it just gradually? That's a good question because it really didn't feel like a transition until I started to talk to my old homeboys. Right now, I yeah. could tell... Yo, I'm thinking different now. Yeah. Oh, I don't even want to do that no more. Okay, why y'all keep texting me this stupid stuff? Like, that's when I started to know, okay, I'm just different now. Yeah. But it didn't feel like I was transitioning. I was just being me, just trying to learn and trying to speak to the level that I could get business with these people over here, not knowing my, my whole mindset is changing, my speech, my tone, how I walk. Even how I'm trying to think in the future, all oh, that's changing. And they back there, you know, doing what they do. Right. This was maybe, maybe, um, had to be maybe six years ago, seven years. I don't know. I, I don't remember, but it was, it was, it was a good, it was a long time ago. But I, I leave, uh, I'm from New Jersey. Okay. I'm from Wilmer, New Jersey. And, I leave and I'm going out. You just kind of like, I'm getting into personal development. Mm. I'm building my business. I think at this point, I had left my job because I started working. I started my business in 2010 while I was working at the Cheesecake Factory. Okay, okay. And then 2012, I left. So I remember when, like, when we got out of high school, what we would do is on Friday nights, like, everybody come over, bring a bottle. And we just drink and we talk. We'll mm, rap, mm. freestyle, just freestyle, get it going. Man, you feel yeah, me? Yeah. <laughs> Until the night. Like, when everybody gets off work, we just, you know, we're going to find a destination. We're going to go there. So long story short, I came back to Jersey. Like, I don't know what I was doing there. I may visit my, my, my aunt or something like that. And my boy was like, yo, come through. I'm like, all right, it's my, my, my yeah. man's. So I go to his house, and it was almost like deja vu, bro. Mm. It was the same exact thing that Nothing we were changed. doing years ago. <laughs> that was the moment where I'm like, yo, not better, but I'm different. Y'all niggas is just wasting y'all money and not knowing this, though. When you go shoot that video, that's a write-off. When you go get that car for your video or hop on that jet for your video or whatever you got to do, it's all a write-off. It's just about being smart and knowing what you need to know to be a bigger artist. Like, this is how you, like, be a successful music artist, bro. Like, without, you don't have to be real major. We're talking about a successful music artist, you know what I mean? Like, because like I said, you can take over the music game, right? But you, most of these musicians, they are dipped off into other things that's making a lot of money. 
whether it's real estate, whether it's this, whether it's that. That's where their real money come from. The music is cool, but I mean, the fame level, man, you can go to it. Also, I'm gonna tell y'all, you can actually, let's say you really like Interscope. Let's say you really like 300. You can actually go to them and, and let them know, like, hey, I'm gonna partner with you guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a partnership. And you can basically pay them to help push you. You know what I'm saying? All this shit is not what people think like as far as like from the blogs to the, you know what I'm saying? All this shit is done right, but it takes some money though. Don't be cheap. If you cheap, then people won't treat you like shit. You know what I'm saying? If, if they feel like you really believe in yourself, spend that bread, you're going to get far. But a lot of people who, who, who have companies and who have business that are cheap don't get nowhere because it takes money to make money. No matter in what field you do, it takes. Facing the day, they still call me. Obviously, they want some more work. One contract. That was just one. Yeah, but I got forty of them. That's what a lot of people don't understand. You got to watch, rinse, repeat this thing. What yeah. is going on right? You got. <laughs> All right. You got to okay. watch, rinse, repeat it, man. The thing is this: there's not a lot of companies that know how to obtain federal government contracts. That's the first thing. So the federal government continues to call the same companies over and over again, even though they know you don't have a specialty. What they do know is you can find a subcontractor that's going to do the job of the scope of work and get it done. That's what they know. Golly. Mm -hmm. How many contracts do you have right now? Forty. You have 40 contracts. Yeah. Various numbers, right? They're not all yeah, 3.2. No. But they're not all only 3.2, bro. Right, right. <laughs> you feel me? Like, so nowadays, I've tapped into the real estate world and federal government contract. That's a different space. That's a whole different beast. But 30 of my contracts are four years and better. So that's that residual, you know, month after month after and month. And that, just, uh, just that particular isolated situation, the 3.2 is spread out over four years. It's over four. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So, and how do they pay it out? Every month, every 30 days. So they take 3.2 million divided by the X months, amount of months. Yeah, whatever the months. And so then I, they just yeah, I, I invoice. I invoice. So I see how much money I got to charge them every month. I hit that invoice button. Boom. Maybe 15 days later in the same month, that money come through. So you send out 40 invoices every month. Yeah. Well, now, not me, but. Right. Not yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. But the team, yeah. That's lit. <laughs> All right, okay, so let's let's take them back. Let's take them back. Like, who is Jay White? Like, how did you get started? Man, I was working at the gas station. I was in 2008. I was working at the gas station. BP. My homeboy rolled Go up on me. I was serving gas. The bull behind the glass. Yeah, that was me. So you pulled up on me. So everybody got a little sales, right? Right. If you my people, I'm going to give you some free gas. You give me $20, I'm going to give you $10 worth of free gas, right? What year is this? It's 2008. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. you can just pull up to the tank. It ain't like now, right? You got to pay before you play. Right. Back then, you could just go to the pump and get right. it in. Right, yeah, right. So. Hold on, we're, we're in Maryland? No, no, no. I'm from uh, Virginia. Virginia. From North, yeah. Did they pump the gas for you in Virginia? No. Because they did in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jersey, yeah. they'll pump the gas for you. Well, that's up north, down south. Virginia ain't necessary. Virginia is some, somewhat well, considered we north. Well, we in Georgia, but we Virginia, you know. 
Yeah, I don't know. Is is Virginia's <laughs> not necessarily considered south? It's is the it? south, baby. Yeah, it's like borderline. Because D- I'm saying, but DMV is. Uh, Delaware. Okay, Maryland. okay. So yeah. I'm below the DM. So north, you got Northern Virginia, and then yep. you got Tidewater. I'm from Tidewater. Okay, so you right, consider. Cool. Right, like I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know it in Virginia. Okay, all right. So you the do the class. Like yo, let me get the chapstick. You're like, all right, yeah, yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Hold on. All right, you want this one or you want that one? That's me. What sushi sushi you want? Oh, you want the great ones? All right, great. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So how did you? So he rolled up on me. Who? My homeboy. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to do federal government contract. I'm going to get a truck. I said, what's federal contract? What is that? I had no clue. He said, hit me when you get off work. I said, but I got you. Next day, my boy went to jail, actually. He went to prison. The guy. Yeah, he went to prison. The next day. I hit him up when I got off, nothing. I hit him up the next day. His mama told me he got locked up. So cool. He put the bug in my ear because he said it with such enthusiasm. I was like, yo, what is that? Like, he was hype. He's like, I'm going to get a truck. I'm going to get a federal contract. Ooh, I'm about to do this. I'm like, man, okay, cool. So he put the bug in my ear. I did my, my YouTube research back then. So I tried to piece everything together. It took me three years to win my first contract, though. So I started in 2008. I didn't win one until 2011. Dang. Yeah, I was struggling. I hate to, number one, I hate to read. I told you I got a PhD. Right. Public high school diploma. Right, right. So I don't got it all there in terms of the education. Like, okay, I, I, step one, step two, step, I ain't, I was just trying to That actually makes me it. feel real comfortable because I hate research. And when I, I hate it. I, because I've, I've heard of the industry and all I see is paperwork. And I'm like, yeah. this is not for me. Yeah, yeah. Period. So I'm just the guy, you know, jump out the window, build my parachute on the way down, and I'm taking all kind of lumps. Like, I can't figure it out. I'm getting frustrated. Three years. Three years. No contracts. None, zero. But peep game, when I went that first one, it was over. Because I started to document what I was doing. Because I was getting close. All the ones that I was losing, I noticed I was getting a little better at certain pieces. Okay, like now my pricing is better, right? Because at first, I might charge the government $20,000 to clean toilets. Like, I'm way off. I'm way off. But I didn't compare prices. I wasn't doing low. That's super high. To clean mm. toilets? Maybe two, like I was doing stuff like two toilet contract, twenty thousand. I want twenty thousand. Gotcha. I'm going. I'm going too hard. The federal government. I'm thinking of it as like a blank check. Mm-hmm. Like I was doing it wrong. That's how I think of yeah, it. Yeah, I was yeah, right. Yeah, I was yeah. doing it wrong. So boom, my pricing got better. Then my timing got better. Remember, they all got due dates. So I was submitting them after the due date. Mm. I ain't had no computer for real. Like I was all jacked up. I was just working with what I had. So my pricing, my timing got better, but more importantly, my communication got better because every contract has a contract specialist. Mm -hmm. Most people don't even communicate with them people. I communicated with them because I didn't know nothing. Okay, what's the definition of this word? I will call them. Okay, why do I need to sign this document? I will call them. So I started to notice the more and more I called, the more information they was, they was actually teaching me how to do it. Oh, As wow. I'm going through it, right? They ain't even know. So I started to document the things that I was doing and saying and the responses I was getting back. 
And then I won my first one. The first one I won, it was for 125 bucks to me. Of a man. And they done took that value away. Um, he got into it with Dr. Umar Johnson. Yeah, he a fraud too. That yeah. Dr. Umar Johnson. Yeah, man, y'all know he a fraud. Y'all kind of preach some of the same things though. Well, I ain't begging for money. See, I was yeah, 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 yeah. We now I ain't saying a nigga don't say no real shit, but man, he done been caught with a stripper hoe. Oh, uh, he been begging for money about a school he ain't got built. Uh, yeah, man, he, he went off on a rampage one time. They thought the nigga was crazy, crazy. Uh, no, man, uh, I ain't done none of that, homie. Yeah, man, I ain't had a, I ain't flopped yet. Just let me just say, that, yeah, I ain't, fly, I, ain't, I ain't flopped yet, man. Yeah, they got to at least let me flop before they yeah, bash me, but yeah, I ain't flopped yet. But Kevin Samuel and Dr. Umar Johnson, homie, oh, uh, Man, they playing on us with that shit, man. Neither one of these men <clears throat> Man, we man, we just watched white folks go to the US Capitol and storm the Capitol. We watched white, we watched fat white men climb walls. Oh, man, they kill people. Man, them people went up there and done something we ain't never saw ever before in our time of living. And these are the men that I work Exactly, you know, what messages do you be trying to get out there? Oh, uh, right now, homie, on the internet, I'm all, I'm all character, right? I'm all character and entertainment. <coughs> Excuse me. In real life, uh... I really work with children, and I ain't got to be a character, right? The character just expanded my platform. So, uh, 10 years I've been working in the community. Nigga, now I'm just, uh, now I'm like what they call, I'm retiring. I'm burnt out. <laughs> now, uh, I'm transitioning from being a community guy to entertainment, character, YouTube, uh, comedian. And while I'm doing this, connecting people to programs as I travel from city to city. Uh, and people like yourself, hey man, you know anybody work with youth programs? Here I got the youth program. So somebody interview me, homie, they don't just get a, a interview. They get a guy that can give you youth program to help this person over here. Uh, we got a trucking company, you know, somebody with a trucking, you know, so, uh, so now, nah, homie, right now, I'm just playing for the, for the movie deal I done got, uh, so this shit done went Hollywood and, 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 and entertainment and celebrity now, so, uh, fuck the community, my people, shit, nigga, I did it for 10 years, I'm tired, I'm ready to retire, <laughs> let another motherfucker take over, plus, motherfucker like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, them niggas died broke with that community shit. <laughs> Everybody talking that my community shit. The kind of respect that the appropriate attitude of non-specialists uh, to specialists ought to be one of respect. Not um, uh, uh, 
not in necessarily enthusiasm. You shouldn't always accept what the expert says is to be as true, but you should be respectful of what they know and you don't. Um, and I think that that is an ongoing, unless you take great pains as a society to constantly um, reinforce that idea that experts deserve our respect, experts will not get respect. You're seeing, a, you're seeing a, this is on display right now, right? You have a group of lawmakers who have no respect for the expertise of uh, the economics profession. I literally saw a guy on TV the other day, uh, some lawmaker from somewhere, who's like, I don't know anything about economics. I'll, you know, I know something about what it takes to run a household or something. This is a guy who's in Congress. I mean, it's, that's, <laughs> that's problematic, right? Um, but you, there has to be a kind of, um, uh, we, this is something that you, you can't ever let up on enforcing that as a core ethic in a, in a technologically complex society. Uh, expertise is at the heart of all progress, right? And you have to create the social conditions under which expertise is respected. And if you let, if, if you let down your guard at all on that, crazy things start to happen. You have people running around saying that they don't want to vaccinate their children, and you have people running around saying that it's fine if we defaulted in two weeks. And we have, you know, there's this kind of madness that will, that will, take, that will take, take over. So that's, a, I mean, that's a, not an answer to the question because it's really hard to inculcate that, but the people in this room are, and me, we're all, we're the people who have to do that kind of work. Makes sense. Um, why don't folks start lining up uh, the mics? I think we have one out here. Um, if you want to ask a question, uh, but I, I'll keep going on until uh, until you do. Um, as you think about all all the work that you have done, has there been an insight or two that you have captured that's really profoundly shaped your own behavior, your own life? Uh, that's interesting. Um, I, uh, well, I, the book that, Blink, my second book was the book that affected my, uh, it so profoundly undermined my belief in my own capacity to make good decisions that I feel I floundered for several years after um, but in all kinds of ways, I just came away from that book um, realizing that the degree to which our, um, th that we massively underestimate the role of the irrational in our own lives. Um, and we're constantly making up stories that make it sound to ourselves like we are behaving in a logical, commonsensical manner, and we're simply not. Um, you know, the, some guy, I, one of the guys I run with is a social psychologist, and he was telling me about this study that was done in recently where that looked at the, um, how the, um, the willingness of 
a judge to grant parole varied by the time of day. So right before lunch, judges are really, really crabby and don't grant parole at all. And then when they come back from lunch, their rates soar, right? That's the kind of thing where I would imagine that if you lined up all the criminal judges in America and you told them that, they would dispute that so vigorously, right? They're convinced that they approach every case the same, and yet you do the simplest analysis and you discover a very disturbing um, uh, pattern. Now, you know, maybe some part of that is artifactual, who knows? But it, it certainly merits some um, investigation, right? Well, I feel like there's that, there's versions of that everywhere, and we're so resistant to kind of acknowledging that about our lives. Um, Great, why don't we take one of the audience questions? Um, so I was really fascinated by your zeitgeist talk about elite institutions, and thinking if we take Google as a potential elite institution, I'm curious your thoughts on the potential damage we may be doing to ourselves and our employees, because not everyone here can be the superstar. And yet most of the people coming here were superstars before. Yeah. So I'm curious if you have any research or thoughts yeah. on the impact of that for organizations. Yeah, so this is a very interesting question. So how do you restructure organizations such that you minimize the psychological damage of people at the bottom of the hierarchy? So one way is to limit the notion of hierarchy. Right? So what is the thing that is so toxic about uh, elite colleges in science and math programs is that necessarily there is a hierarchy. You give out grades, and you know where you rank, and you're in a classroom setting where you're all trying to do the same thing so you can easily compare yourself to your peers and know whether you're behind or... That, those conditions don't necessarily apply in the workplace. It's possible to construct workplaces that don't have the toxic element of hierarchy to the same degree, right? That's the... We shouldn't give grades then at Google? Well, I don't know how you... I don't know how you... No, I mean, it wouldn't be as explicit as grades, but I'm saying that there are... You can organize a workplace in a... Thought that they love the content because right. they was clicking the crap out of it. So they was like, yo... This is it. This is the content. But you manufactured it. I was, yo, I, yo, I'll post one post. I'll go to sleep, wake up to three grand. When Facebook hit, the numbers tripled. Wow. Because, okay, you're driving traffic to this website and you just, I guess maybe it's like an order form or something like that where you can just a, Just a blog. Regular blog. And they'll just pay for the ad placement. That's it. Dang, that's crazy. All right, so explain the parody accounts. So a parody account is basically a fan account, a role-playing account. I'm pretending to be Will Ferrell, speaking in his voice. And as I'm speaking in his voice, the people see his profile, and then they made me put parody. Twitter made me put parody account on there. I'm like all my accounts got suspended. They said I was impersonating people. Yeah. I put fan accounts, but it was like, nah, that ain't good enough. Put parody accounts. Let them know your role plan. 
So they deleted all my accounts, gave them back, told me to put parody on there. And then it was just like me acting, acting, acting like I was Will Ferrell. And it, it was to the point where they would say, yo, Will Ferrell, you need to be like this Will Ferrell. <laughs> because Will Ferrell don't have all day to sit there right, and right. make you laugh all day. So right. Angelina Jolie, she did love quotes. Will Ferrell, I had him cracking jokes. Um, I had Jay-Z, he was inspirational. Will Smith was inspirational. Hey. Yeah, yeah. And just built them all up to millions of followers. So is that was that play doing the same thing with the, the ad traffic, or was that for another purpose? No, that was all solely based on the ad traffic. Because the more followers I had, the more money I was making. Yeah. So it was to the point where every time I refresh, I go up like fifty dollars, hundred dollars, fifty dollars. Like I just keep refreshing. Bro, it's so crazy because today people can't figure out how to turn their followers into money. Yeah, and you've been doing it for yeah. a decade now. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Can you help me make some money? That's easy. Okay, what would the be? What would be the first thing you had me do? So if I had you make money. The first thing I would do is figure out a product that fit your brand the most. Okay. But what I would do is I'd test at least 30 products at one time. How? Would I have to post 30 products? I would do it through Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Oh. So coming from my account, we'll run it. I wouldn't do it on your account yet. I'll test the model first. I'll test all the products, right? You can get products. you can get products on AliExpress. You get products, you know. Oh, you actually get the physical product in just to see if the product is good. Exactly. Got it. You want to make sure it's a viral product, right? You can take products, test it out, test the market out, see what hits the best based on what you feel is best for your brand. Gotcha. So you test 20, 30 products out, test them all at one time, give them like small budgets, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, and then whichever one rise to the top based on return on investment, ROI, then I'll literally take that one product and then I'll repackage it around my brand. Mm. So once you repackage it around your brand, you can tell the same manufacturer to alter that product to make it yours now. And now you have your own product. You have a manufacturer. You have everything you need mm. to make sure that you, your, your product is actually going to hit. Because you tested it already. It's proven. Right. You're not going to the market guessing what people want. The last thing you want to do is guess what people want. You want to know based on data. You could know, but see. You want to make what, sure what be a good through analytics. What would be a good product for me? I mean, if you had a product, I would test glasses. I would see, I would based, based on who you are, I would probably test hat. You always wear the hat backwards. I would test glasses. 
okay? I would test like a workbook, all right, to write mm-hmm. notes from your podcast. I would Just test— Just a regular, like a notebook, like a like with a blank structure, notebook? Structure based on how your podcast is uh, set up. So I would have morning meetup notes, oh. right? I would have— I would have, you know, um, social proof. Whatever, however you structure it, you might have a book of the day, right? So, like, on every page, you'll have, you know, morning meetup. Like, you'll map out the day, social proof, boom, podcast for that time. So, you're training them on how you want them to actually be and think and move throughout the oh day. And then right at the end, you can put, like, affirmations, Right, you can put a book of the day. What did what did you learn from that book from that day? Like, you know, I'm just off the top of my head, but that's something I would do. That would be another product. I would think of, or just different, def, definitely a digital product. Mm-hmm. You know, repurpose what you're You've saying. Done this multiple times. Yeah, I do this all the time. Like, I it's easy. Can we partner or something? What you try to look? Well, I don't know. What would I have to do? Okay, so let me ask. Would I would I have to like be a client or like can we partner on something? So can this what happened. So I created my agency, Awazar, right? And I used to do service-based business. And now I just I don't take anybody. Like I got a waiting list over a hundred people. Because I was, do I think I'm smart? Define smart. Like, like the str- strategic thinker, just like just the the, the smartest person in the room. No, for some I'm reason, not the I feel like I, I I don't feel like I'm um I honestly don't feel like I'm that smart in terms of mm-hmm. like um in I don't know, I don't I can't say not intelligent, but there's some things that my mind just doesn't process. So right now, I still don't 100% understand how you monetize Twitter, even though you told me. And my mind's trying to follow it. And I'm like, yeah. all right, well, okay, you send people to the banner, but do they pay? And you systematize. That's why I feel like you just, you look, you see things in pictures. So Wait, in terms can of- Can you clearly define see things in pictures? All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it, and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, the how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So it's about that time. We put together a Patreon. We put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So even this podcast we're listening to right now, there needs to be conversation. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. Like, let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships. Okay, so... Check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. Um, the support is um, the support is appreciated. Okay, thank you so much. Now back to the episode. So, for instance, um, I had a friend. Um, he was never afraid to talk to women. Uh, that was always my thing. I was just I always take the friend. 
I just know going into a situation, I'm going to take the friend. It's all good. But in his head, he knows how this thing's going to work out. Right. It's almost like a visionary. Visionary. From walking up, what he's going to say, what she's going to say, how it's going to go, his rebuttal, where they're going to go later. But that's based on experience. That's all that is. You can predict the future where you know what you know. Mm. And that's what happened with your boy. He done been through it so many times, he can already predict the next move. The thing is, I think, so for instance, in these interviews, I never know how they're going to go. We've done hundreds, over hundreds of joints. Mm -hmm. And I don't, like, even like if if I'm building a business, it's always like a real organic thing. Like, we didn't run no ads to the morning meetup. We have like, hundreds and hundreds of people in it. But literally, day to day, I'm just focusing on delivering today. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to get into it now. I look at the numbers and analytics, stuff like that, but I just don't... I don't know if I put the whole play together in my head. I just keep walking. Like, remember I asked you, I, okay, I got this product and this product, and... I don't know what to do. You're like, well, okay, structure it this way, put it in the funnel, this is you're gonna run traffic today. And like, and even after the call, I'm like, all right, I know what I'm gonna do. And then I hang up. I was like, hold on, what do you say? I was looking at my notes like, uh, that's why I'm saying like smart. But you told me something, we was at a restaurant, um, where you were like, yo, you don't even have to be smart. You mm-hmm. said something like that earlier mm-hmm. today. Explain that. Do you remember? Yeah. No, I feel like people focus on the wrong thing to be wealthy. And the reality is if you focus on certain key elements, key points, you can accomplish that. One is relationships. If you can master relationships, you'll get opportunities that the normal person would never get because they don't have the relationship. Mm. The second thing is making sure you have the drive to do it, being persistent and consistent. Those three, being consistent and persistent with the right networking skills to build relationships, the people skills, with those three as a combination for wealth. Dang, that's crazy. It's easy. And then by you knowing this information, just hit me. you can utilize it in a way where you have the ups on anybody you meet because, or that's trying to do the same thing you're trying to do because you understand that that's what you need. Because the information is going to come based on a relationship. If right now I wanted to start let's say an e-com brand and I knew nothing about e-commerce, I can call one of my relationships and now I know everything because he's just going to tell me. And then you'll consistently work at it and be persistent once things don't go well. You 
God. And it just hit me because the same example that I was using, like with this podcast, I, those are the only three things I have. I'm consistently dropping every single week. I'm persistent. I'm, I'm going to get the interviews. And I'm, I'm just focused on good relationships. Done. Dang, that's genius. You are smart. <laughs> <laughs> just, seriously. So now if you think about it, like we build our relationship, right? You decided you have morning meetup. You want to create more products to add more value to your audience. What we did, we got on a call, gave you my time, and you, like, we mapped out something crucial. Mm -hmm. But you didn't know that before the call. Then I Because, like, me and you both know they ain't, you can't get anything. You can't get a Subway sandwich. You can't get a Subway sandwich. You have to fix your credit, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because they feel like you're poor if you don't have a decent credit score. You have to have it. First thing they're going to do is let me run your credit. Your ass going to be sitting there looking cross-eyed and like, uh, well, you could have just took the pay the two bands off, gang. The whole time. All right, no. That tattoos and shit. Listen, bro. You spent.